Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every day, seven days a week, only about 13 or 14 minutes generally, but it keeps us in God's Word and that helps keep us strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also, being in God's Word every day, also helps keep us stronger in our relationship with God and focused upon our spiritual life. Help people in your life turn their lives around by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You may help somebody become stronger, come closer to God, and maybe even get to heaven. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everyone you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're talking about, we're asking the question, is there an unforgivable sin? A sin that is so bad that we cannot be forgiven. Well, we've looked at three parallel texts to Scripture that talk about such a thing. And those are found in, in Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 32, Mark chapter 3, verses 22 through 30, and Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 23. Now, again, these are parallel texts of Scripture. They're, they're talking about the same situation. And... They refer, in these texts, Jesus talks about, uh, he talks about a sin that is called the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 and 32, Mark chapter 3, verse 29, Luke chapter 12, verse 10. He refers to it as an eternal sin in, in, the, in the American Standard Version, Mark 3 and verse 29, and the sin against the Holy Spirit. Now, this would be as you know, people would say, well, that, that's, he's talking about a sin that, that cannot be forgiven, cannot be forgiven, shall not be forgiven. Matthew 12, verse 32, Luke 12 and verse 1. Now, there is no example, no example in the New Testament scriptures of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, if it were not possible, then surely Jesus would not have mentioned it as being such a sin. Now, the Bible speaks of three kinds of sin. The first will say there's that un unforgivable sin that he's talking about in those three parallel texts of Scripture. And if we want to boil it down, we say, okay, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit or blaspheming the Holy Spirit, if we want to say it that way. Now, what is blasphemy? It is to speak against. Another kind of sin that is mentioned in the scriptures is sin that has not been forgiven, but it is forgivable, but it remains unforgiven because the conditions of forgiveness have not been met by the individual who is guilty of those sins or that sin. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, when Peter and John were preaching to a great multitude, apparently, who gathered after God, through Peter and John, healed a lame man, a man who had been lame from birth. And the crowd saw him and recognized this was a lame man. He used to be a beggar. They'd see him all the time at a certain station, begging for alms, for benevolent gifts. And now he's standing, he's walking, he's leaping, he's rejoicing because he's healed. And so Peter and John, they're preaching to this crowd that gathers and in verse 19 of Acts chapter 3, he says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
Now, first, they needed to repent, and they needed to be converted, changed, in other words. If you go back to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, after Peter and the rest of the apostles had been asked by some of the Jews gathered there in Pentecost, what shall we do? They just had the gospel preached to them. They'd been taught about Jesus Christ as being their Savior, the Son of God, the Messiah come to earth. And so some of them said, what shall we do? And Peter responded by saying, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So repentance is necessary, and obedience through the act of baptism, through surrendering to be baptized, completely buried, immersed in the waters of baptism, and at that point, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross cleanses a person of the guilt of their sins. Now, if somebody does not repent, he may be dipped in some water, but he hasn't repented of his sins. Now, what does repent mean? It means a change of mind, literally, that understands to include a change in behavior or action. So I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of sin. I'm going, to stop the, I'm going to stop sinning in those ways. I'm going to turn my life around, turn my, my mindset around. I'm going to become dedicated to not being a sinner, but to, be living, but to be living righteously and obediently on a consistent basis before God. That's repentance. But then baptism then is the act of obedience, wherein the person surrenders to be baptized, completely immersed in the waters, so that the blood of Christ can cleanse him of the guilt of his sins, as he is as he is baptized in those waters. When Ananias, a Christian man, was sent by Jesus to teach Saul of Tarsus, who had been not only a disbeliever in Jesus, but a blasphemer of Jesus, an enemy of Jesus, an enemy of Christians and the church, Ananias came to him and said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So conditions of forgiveness have to be met by the individual in order for that individual to be forgiven. And until that individual meets those conditions, he is still under the guilt of his sins. But then the third kind of sin is sin that has already been forgiven. As in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, where the apostle Paul wrote, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So there, there are three kinds of sin, the sin that has been forgiven already, the sin that is forgivable, but has not yet been forgiven because the individual who's guilty of the sin has not repented and sought forgiveness either through baptism, if he's not yet a Christian, or if he's a Christian who has gone back into some kind of sin, he has not prayed to God for forgiveness through Jesus Christ. So that's, that sin is forgivable, but it hasn't been forgiven because he hasn't, gone, he hasn't met the conditions of forgiveness. And then there is what Jesus calls the unforgivable sin, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, an eternal sin. Okay. Now, why 
would God hold a person who commits a particular sin, an individual sin, referred to here in these various texts of Scripture that we've read as either blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, an eternal sin, a sin against the Holy Spirit? Why would God hold a a person who might make a mistake, maybe in disobedience, maybe in disbelief, maybe in anger or whatever, and utter something that God says, that's it, you can never be forgiven of that. You may live another 60 years in this earth, but you're going to go to hell when you die because I'm not going to forgive you of that sin. Does that make any sense? Does that sound like a God of grace and mercy and kindness? Now, God is also a God of judgment, but does that make any sense from all of the rest of the scriptures that we read about how God is not only ready but wants to forgive, eager? Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all, all should come to repentance. Now, that word all leaves out nobody. So think about the situation when Jesus made this statement that we read about in Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 32, Mark chapter 3, verses 22 through 30, and Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 23. Now, again, they're all parallel texts. They're talking about the same situation. It was a time of transition from the Old Testament law to the New Testament of Christ. New Testament Christianity had not yet come into being. The church had not yet been established. Jesus had not yet died on the cross. He had not yet risen from the grave. He had not yet ascended back to heaven. At that unique time, from a spiritual perspective of world's history, it was possible for a person to live in the latter days of the law of Moses and then continue through the short period of the dispensation of Christ on this earth where he came to bring the gospel message of salvation and then move into New Testament Christianity, that age. A person, because we're talking about a relatively short period of time there, he could have been a part of all of that, lived during all of that time. So a person could have rejected the Old Testament, even blaspheming God, and yet repent and accept Jesus as he would preach the gospel of forgiveness and salvation through himself as the Savior, the Son of God. That same person might have also rejected Jesus' teaching, even blaspheming Jesus, and then later obey the Scriptures. And how do we get the Scriptures again? The Apostle Paul said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, for instruction in righteousness that the holy man of God might be uh, complete, you know, thoroughly equipped for all good works. So how did those men who wrote down the scriptures, how did they make sure they wrote exactly what God wanted them to write so that it would be exactly God's word. Because that's what it means by by, um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God's very word. Well, Peter gives a clarity 
an understanding this in, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse, verses 20 and 21. He says, knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Again, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Okay, so a person can blaspheme God and then come to their senses, repent, and seek forgiveness through Jesus Christ as they're baptized for their mission of their sins. You had, I believe, many, while Jesus was upon this earth, who disbelieved in him. In fact, that was the point of, 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 of a lot of Peter's sermon on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. You have been enemies of Christ. You've rejected Jesus as your Savior, the Son of God, your Lord and Savior. Well, what shall we do? Verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So they could have rejected Jesus. They could have blasphemed Jesus before they came to their senses and repented and were baptized into him for the remission of their sins, and they could be forgiven. Now, what does it mean then? How could a person blaspheme against the Holy Spirit and not be forgiven? We're going to dig a little bit deeper next time and come to understand this. And I believe we can understand it. And there is hope. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being merciful and gracious and kind. Thank you for wanting all to come to repentance so that you can forgive them through Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to cherish that understanding and to take full advantage of it as we come to you in that way, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.